Hello, and welcome to the latest episode of Conversations on Wellbeing at Work. The, the podcast, regular podcast, where we feature speakers and experts from various of our conferences and summits around the world that Wellbeing at Work host. My name is John Brewer. I'm a member of a passionate global team working on the summits in eight regions around the globe. We also have a C-suite community that we host online on a hub and bespoke division working on tailored tailored interventions and, uh, and workshops for organizations. We do a number of webinars throughout the year. And uh, so please do check us out on our website, wellbeingatwork.world. I'd like to welcome our guest here today is Dr. Mark Brown. He's the founder of Monocopsis Management Strategies, and he's going to be speaking in part of a panel and event coming up in New York in a little over a month. Prior to that, he, he does come to this, uh, this issue of, of diversity and being with 26 years of invaluable experience in the Marine Corps. And the panel he's going to be on is called Putting Belonging and Social Connection at the Heart of Being and DEI. So thank you very much, Mark, for joining us today. Really appreciate it. Thank you for having me, John. So I'd like to begin our conversation because I know when I came across you a, a few months ago, I was intrigued by this term uh, monocopsis as it relates very strongly to the issue of belonging. And I came across a, a definition from a dictionary of obscure sorrows, which described it as the subtle but persistent feeling of being out of place, like a seal stranded on a beach. Is that, a, is that an accurate definition? That is an accurate definition. As a matter of fact, that is where I go to when I start to think about how to work with people feel like they don't belong. Right. Yeah. So there's a lot of, I know you mentioned when we were chatting before, it's a bit like being, I think the common term would be like being a fish out of water. Would that be a, an accurate it's description? Uh, yes. And how I came about the term was when I was doing my dissertation years ago, Professor Stephen J. Grayblatt wrote in the Employee Relations Law Journal for a series of four articles, why I feel like a fish out of water or one or copies for one, four. And uh, that's how I can call it the term. And it was very intriguing to me. And it is to you. Yeah, because I think there are other terms I hear occasionally which relate to not feeling a strong sense of belonging. One of the more common ones is, is imposter syndrome. And that's something, obviously, you're familiar with that. I am yeah. familiar with it. And I think it, imposter syndrome is culturally related, definitely not the same. They are both can be affected by external factors, but imposter syndrome is slightly different belonging is a feeling that can be found from the inside and uh, produced from the outside as well. Yeah. And that sense of imposter syndrome, I know um, it's not a, t a term that, I mean, some people kind of, something I've seen certainly object to even the use of the term, but this idea that you're, you, you, that you're not qualified in that way to be in the role that you're in, which is different from just not feeling you belong in a group. Exactly. Yeah. And it's also different to introversion is another thing we hear a lot about. People can be introverted, so sort of a, they're not terribly keen on social situations or maybe feel uncomfortable in them. But again, that's not the same, is it? Right. Introversion, using them from the inside. Monocopsis is from the inside, can be from the inside, and definitely from external factors as well. Mm -hmm. So people can make you feel like you don't belong, and you can feel like you don't belong. It's all how that's right. How, how common is it? Is it? Is it some monocopsis? Yes, is very common yeah. you know, in, in all aspects of our life. Anyone can feel monocopsis. We're talking about it in terms of the workplace, but you can feel monocopsis at a party. You can feel monocopsis 
and, and, and work. You can feel more accomplished in church. And if you feel it in church, don't think you're definitely wrong. You need to find a new church for right. And this, I mean, so tied in with this notion of belonging, it, it's very central, I think, to discussions we're having nowadays, both about diversity uh, and inclusion and equity, and also about well-being. So on, on the sort of well-being side of things, how big an impact does does this sense of not belonging have on on people's well-being and performance in in organizations? Belonging is very important. As we as I discussed in several of my presentations, the Mayo Clinic states that all aspects of our lives are ruled by wanting to be connected and to belong to other things. Our lives basically revolve around that. And when we look at a Maslow's hierarchy of needs pyramid, uh, it's right there in the middle. Love and belonging, very important. And uh, perhaps we could cast our minds back a little bit to, you know, I mentioned, just referenced briefly your, your experience in with the Marine Corps prior to uh, entering into business and, and consulting. Is that a, an environment that puts a high premium on belonging, that's very sort of belonging-driven? I would imagine it is. Belonging is your word. The Marine Corps is basically itself on teamwork. But team doesn't necessarily mean belonging. Belonging can, you have to feel belonging. Belonging is a feel. So if they don't make you feel like you belong, then it's going to be detrimental to your mission. And Marine Corps is pretty much all about accomplishing the mission. Right. So teamwork and belonging are two different things. So you could have people feel quite strongly as a team. That doesn't necessarily mean they all feel they belong. Exactly. Every part of the team does their job. Right. But you don't. If you don't feel like you belong, you're probably not doing to the best of your ability. And that's concern. So in that regard, belonging is in, se- in a sense a, a sort of a, something that actually improves the performance of a team. Definitely. Right. Belonging, inclusion, all those things are things that make you perform better, to make you a better team member, to make you help accomplish the mission in, in a way that it, you should. Yeah. So as you move from... Being part of a mili- mil- part of the military in that, in, and obviously twenty six years is a long time to to devote to uh, to that to that sort of environment, and, and, and that's a big commitment around around your work. As you move from that into out of the military, out of, out of the Marine Corps, did you feel that that sense of not belonging? Was that how how did that how did that feel? The transition from the Marine Corps to civilian life um, was a lot easier for me because I felt like I belonged in the civilian life. Uh, there were external factors when I got out that made me say, okay, do I really belong here? In the Marine Corps, it's slightly different. There's a, a, a hierarchy and then there's, I hate to say it, there's a kind of a caste system. So some people are at the bottom, some people are at the top. And uh, you have to be able to navigate that. And it was harder as a service member than it is as a civilian. But it is still a part as well. Yes. Yeah. As we touched a little bit early on, on on notion of belonging and diversity, obviously there's a there's a caste system that operates in in the workplace, isn't it? Um, although we don't like, we may not label it. There's a caste system, and the goal is to for leaders to provide a psychologically safe space so that everybody feels like they belong, yes. and that everybody contributes while falling into a, a system that affects their mental and physical being. You mentioned then about being in a team and the link between being in a team 
and having an outcome that you worked for. That, that they, you know, there, there was an output to that which was delivering a, on a mission in, 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 exactly. in military parlance. And that's the same, same at work in the sense that if you want to belong, having a, a purpose is important to that as well, isn't it? Always having a purpose is, 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 is important. And when I talk about belonging, I talk about the three attributes of belonging. We talk about comfort. Am I valued at the organization I'm with? Connection. Am I part of something large? And uh, contribution. Do I add value to the organization? So as, as a leader of a team, you mentioned about the, the importance of psychological safety, which obviously, again, is linked to, uh, to the notion of belonging. As, as a leader, leader, your role in part is to create those three, that comfort, the connection, and that, and that, uh, that sense of contribution within, within the team. Exactly. Yeah. And, it, it, and it is the leader's responsibility because of the power dynamic that they have there. Leaders are in charge. People follow the leader. They don't usually follow the junior employee. So he is responsible for setting the culture and climate. Yeah. And that obviously links very strongly to, as I find often when, when talking about belonging, you, you sort of tend to go off on, a, I tend to go off on a path that follows like either I'm having my diversity and belonging conversation now to bring us back. There is that incredible link in it's a wellbeing that, 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 um, I know that the recent report, I say recently, it was probably almost a year ago now by, uh, the Surgeon General in the US and quoting that stat that I think we've all seen about. Being lonely is like smoking 15 cigarettes a day. I saw something the other day which said the single biggest impact on longevity is your human connection. There's a huge well-being element to this. Definitely. Again, when you don't feel like you belong, there's an enormous stress on you. And the term is allostatic load, which means that, you know, you, you feel like you don't belong, but there are physical and mental parts that come down and affect your overall well-being. Yeah. If you if you are um, experiencing uh, monocopsis, so this this mm -hmm. sense of, of a persistent um, being out of place, what's the what's the what's the what's the response to that as a, as, a, as an individual? How can you get yourself out of that that place? Uh, there is lots of to create connections, talk to people, get around and then you have other people have input to what you're trying to do and how you fall into a place in your organization. You can also have developed strategies. What we find is that if you come up with strategies yourself, you can also give those strategies to other people and they might implement those strategies. People are in higher um, positions. Yeah. And always find an ally. Allies can always tell them. Yeah, well, which again is obviously a big part of of diversity uh, diversity issues. And, and as you as you say, I'm thinking about someone I know here in Canada that I've worked with in, in the past who used to be with. He was ex military. He was he was a lieutenant colonel in the in the Canadian forces and and served in uh, in Rwanda and uh, and Afghanistan and experienced sort of quite considerable trauma. And uh, he's a big advocate for peer peer support. That feeling that if you're having gone through the kind of experiences that he went through it's often very you often do feel disconnected from others because they don't they're people who haven't had a similar experience so there's a real value in seeking is there what is that i'm assuming there's a real value in seeking out people with similar experiences in order to sort of network with them in 
and connect with them in a workplace scenario, right? Exactly. During my time in the military, we didn't have ERGs and affinity groups and business work groups where we can get together, talk about the problems that we were having. But we did have informal groups that we sat down and talked about, hey, how can I help you move forward? Mm-hmm. So following an ally, being responsible for other people, under in, other individuals, helps you get through those times when you don't feel like you belong. Yeah. And there are times, it's interesting that you, you mentioned part of belonging as being this notion of comfort. One of the things we hear quite often in, in a business environment is that need to get out of your comfort zone, which I think people generally tend to apply to one's abilities, stretch your abilities to do, do things that are maybe beyond your comfort around, around your activities. But there is a value to maybe, it, well, is there a value to getting into those places where maybe you don't feel you belong and, that, and to yeah. create belonging for yourself with, and, and encourage people to make you feel you belong? Right. The comfort aspect is, do I feel like I belong here? Am I valued at this organization? Now, when you move up and you start learning new things, turning outside of your comfort zone, that's always a great thing. But you also have to keep in mind that there are other people out there who've gone through this who can help you move through it without making you feel like you don't belong. Right. So there's a, there would be a, that would be a case for sort of mentorship, coaching, to, to ease you into unfamiliar situations with unfamiliar people. Starting with allies, you know, mentorship and coaching, all of those things help you move forward. You can talk about not feeling comfort. We're not talking about specific missions or job. We're talking about the overall being of that person in that work. And there's a distinct difference between belonging and this notion of fitting in. Well, definitely. Fitting in is a term that we've used to have somebody who really it's opposite of what you want, but we want to squeeze that square circle into that, that round circle into that square peg. Belonging is not like that. Belonging is just coming in, feeling like you belong and having people on the outside want you to belong. So when you're, when you're working with clients, with organization, with employers, one of the things I noticed is that, that some issues, so mental health and well-being issues have become much more acceptable to talk about in 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 environments. So pe- people will openly admit to to sort of to experiencing depression or anxiety, etc. Loneliness, that sort of absence of belonging, is something that people don't. Did you find people reluctant to talk about it, or is it becoming more of a? Is some of the stigma being being put put to one side? Being removed. Um, and we have uh, leaders who believe in psychologically safe spaces. They're giving people opportunities to talk about how they feel, what they're going through. You want to, people to understand that going through things is not the end all be all. It, it is a part of being part of an organization. And there are people who've gone through it before you. And, and well, I've, I've come across lately relating to diversity is that does, I, I don't know, I, I'd be very interested in, in your, your perspective as uh, I'm. I'm based in Canada, so I view the U.S. through a bit of a strange lens. There's clearly quite a lot of uh, clearly quite a lot of sort of pushback against diversity right now. That somehow I was chatting to someone today that uh, was a potential speaker who was, was from an, uh, from Florida, and they're saying in Florida where they were working, they don't use the word diversity anymore in the right. removed oh. their title or whatever. It was. 
is diverse is the diversity movement going through a we don't belong here moment do you think i think the diversity movement has always been here and it's just it's difficult uh, right now it's on the down phase we've gone through uh these movements it wasn't always called diversity but we went through this when Emmett Till was killed in the 50s. Yes. We went through this with Squirner Goodman and Cheney in the 60s. We're going to always go through the ebbs and flows of the diversity movement. It's just going to have, it's going to recome around again. So right now we're just on a downward slope, but it's still forefront of everybody's mind. And what we need to do is move from initiative, diversity initiative, integrating diversity within a whole organization. Which is... Precisely what we're we're trying to do with, with well-being at work world in terms of well-being that, that it's no longer about you know doing some mindfulness here and some yoga there and lunch and learn but really is baking it into the to the culture of the organisation. Learn strategic planning and decision making should all be a part of diversity should be a part of all of it. Yes, and yeah, I, I, but it does seem to me and, and yeah, I don't I don't want to I, I don't want to labour it because we were, wasn't obviously what we, what we were here to talk about but that that. The, the sort of backlash against diversity does seem, and it may just be because it's an election year and the personalities involved, does seem to be particularly harsh right now. It is harsh. Yeah. It, again, it's cyclical. Yes. Um, there are people out there who want to use it um, as a political platform, just like uh, critical race theory. Yes. Which you as well. But now that we have diversity to use at that boogie land, DRT is falling into the backspace. But it's still there. It's critical risk theory is still there. It's just not the forefront of everybody's mind like it was yeah. maybe a year. And and, and, and one, you know, one of the other, we mentioned earlier about this notion of fitting in. We used, people used to also talk very much about cultural fits, where people were slotted in, into uh, into the right culture, as it were. That part of that notion of belonging is that we do have to expand that to to get beyond some of these sort of some of the sort of narrow thinking that I think comes across a lot around cultures in organizations. What expand the cultures? Usually the culture of the organization is, well, based on the dominant uh, culture. Yeah. We're now wanting and, and expand that. So that the culture of the organization is based on the people in that organization. Yeah. So not just the dominant culture. And that's the, the problem that we've had. And that's when I talk to my clients and I talk to people. That's where I start. The culture is one of the things that we need to address first. Right. And so, so in the sort of the environment we're, we're working in now, that key link between DEI and, and being really does focus, I think, on the belonging piece, the psychological safety. Is there any other sort of aspects of that, those two worlds that you think are particularly, you know, where there's an overlap that's particularly important? Uh, the overlap is that we know that Worthy equity inclusion or action, things that people need to do. You need to be diverse. You need to get these different groups of people equity. Can we make everybody put them on the same kind of level? Inclusion. Can we bring it up? Can we include these people? But belonging is a part of that, but it is different. It's not just an action, it's a feeling. And we need to make sure that people in the organization. They have understanding of how people in the organization, yeah. leadership, yeah. understand. Yeah, yeah it, is, it is an odd, an odd aspect of work in that sense. And it, it, it is, like you say, it is a feeling. So it becomes quite hard to sometimes, I think, to identify it to 
and to sort of measure in, in a way because I just love to love to measure things. Yes. And we've got some discussion. Definitely measurable, but it's definitely measurable. Yes, yes. So, how would you, as a leader, then looking around at your team, what what would you see as a sign that someone's struggling with, with their with the human connection, the belonging side of things? Burnout, not performing a job at an optimal level, trying to find a way to circumvent what you need to do. Those are all uh, areas that I look at when I look at my team as a Marine leader. Uh, when I look at my team right now, I'm um, okay, are you burned out? And I can usually just look at that. And then the communication part comes in. Talk, tell me what's going on. Uh, it's not always a work problem. It can be a home problem that's preventing this. So you want to know by asking. Communication is the key, whether you're an employee or a leader. I think it's important that you, you mentioned that that connecting as a leader, both with the work and also the not what the outside of the work piece. You can't really belong, feel you belong at work unless you're belonging as a, as a whole person. You can't. You, there isn't like a work bit of you that can belong in the workplace, and then a personal bit that. You're going to put to one side, which people don't need to worry about in terms of belonging. Yeah, exactly. You want to bring the whole person to work. You you want to be uh, a person who feels like you belong at work, but when you go home, you feel like, okay, now I have peace. I can go back to work tomorrow and do my job because now all is here. It's interesting because it is, I think, an, an important aspect of well-being, and it's something I have many disputes with with people about this but anyway the the who believe in integrating work and life right and I, like i mentioned there as a leader you need to know about the the employee as a worker but also their outside work those things obviously right. what you do outside work influences what you do inside is that but you do need to put put a kind of boundary between those there is a work-life balance being the, the phrase most people use there is a danger i think that work just expands to fill the time and space available to it Yes, there is. Um, but the thing is that people need to be able to express themselves. They need to be, know that they're supported. And if you're a leader in any workplace, you want to know what your people are going through because really it just might affect your bottom line. A leader at work should know a little bit about what's going on in a person's personal life because they're connected. Yeah. You can't disconnect. And it was one of the things that I think became pretty obvious when COVID hit and we all started working remotely and suddenly you weren't turning up to work dressed in a suit and tie and sitting at your assigned desk and being generally respectful to everyone in a certain playing in a certain way, suddenly you were in your living room and the, the dog was coming from, from the back. There was that sense that, that real life had knocked down the door to the office. Yeah. It, it, it really did. But as an employee and as an employer, the work has to get done and everybody has to pitch in. It's just different. When you go with it, it turned everything upside down. But the work's going to get done. And from what I understand and the research that I've seen, it did get done. Yeah. And it's still getting done. Yeah. Nearing up to the end of that conversation here, I thought maybe I would we would return to this notion of, of monocopsis. And perhaps, can you share a time when you felt when you felt like that seal stranded on the beach that, that, that would be valuable? Right. So, yeah. I'm going to go back to my military day. I felt like I didn't belong when I first went into the military. There was still racial tension going on. And there were 
groups that were segregated, moving back and forth. And I thought about after my first four years, I was going to get out because this is not the place yet. You not belong here. But I called my dad in New York and he said, there are a lot of things that are worse than that. You need to stay there. It, you need to figure it out. And you need to bring people along with you, meaning create groups that are going to help other people belong where you are. And that's what I did. I, I sat down and I talked to people who just like me who feel like they didn't belong. And I said, hey, what do you need to know to move forward? I remind you when I first went to university, which is which many years ago, and uh, one of the introductory courses was on was on Albert Camus' book, the, uh, the L'Etranger, the, the outside, the outsider, right? So the archetypal person who feels they don't belong and they're not connected. And, and I remember the tutor saying, "Yeah, every, it's funny. Everyone in everyone at this institution walks around clasping their copy of uh, Albert Camus' The Outsider and telling people that no one understands them, that, that, they're, that they're disconnected from everyone. And yet we're all having the same experience. There is that. I think is would it would it be fair to say that that experience of mono, monocopsis can sometimes be um, illu- illusory, and not not in the sense you're not experiencing it, but that if you go out, go, go a bit more, so stretch yourself a little bit, reach out to people, connect, that you'll find, in fact, there are there is a sort of a sea of belonging that you can navigate if you once you've jumped in. Is that fair? Definitely, yeah. there's always people you can connect to help you belong. Being there are groups who people who feel just like you do. And once you get to that point, all come together and say, okay, how can we belong to the larger group? I don't want to say fit into the larger group. I want to say belong to the larger group. And that's, that was my goal. And that's what I did when I was endless in the morning. Great. I think with that, we'll, we'll, we'll close. It's a nice point to close on. I look forward to seeing you in uh, a few weeks in, in New York. We'll get to continue this conversation a little bit, but also throw in some more voices into the, the thing of belonging. I think it's going to be a great, a great time. So really appreciate you taking time today to, to sit down with me and, and do this and all the best till we meet in, in New York in a few weeks. All right, John. Thank you very much for having me. Thank you. Bye.